The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. We have a market holiday in Japan today, which means we will not have trading in U.S. Treasuries until the London session. Chinese markets, meantime, set to reopen after the Golden Week holidays. Hong Kong being hit with torrential rains from Typhoon Koinu. The government is intending to lower the Typhoon warning alert to three. That would be down from the current level of eight. This will happen at 11.40 local time, which means the morning session at the Hong Kong Stock Exchange change will not happen. Trading will begin at 2 p.m. this afternoon local time. In addition to market holiday today in Japan, we also have holidays in South Korea and Taiwan, and we'll take another look at market action for you in about 15 minutes. Let's get to global news next. Israel has formally declared war with Hamas, and the Israeli government has given the green light for significant military countersteps. Let's get to Ed Baxter in the Bloomberg Newsroom. Eddie. Yeah, that's right, Doug. Hamas fighters broke through walls, went in by sea and by air, launched hundreds of rockets into Israel, shot people in the streets and in their homes, abducted people, took them back to Gaza. Speaking today at the United Nations, Israel's United uh, Ambassador Gilad Erdogan says that Hamas will pay a heavy price. This is Israel's 9-11, and Israel will do everything to bring our sons and daughters back home. Now, Israel officially is reporting at least 700 dead with thousands wounded. Reports on the ground say many, many more. Uh, The report says more than 400 have been killed in Gaza as uh, Israeli airstrikes pound there. So Israeli Defense Forces spokesman Daniel Hagari saying that there'll be no safe place for terrorists in Gaza or in Israel for that matter. Hamas terrorists target Israeli civilians. Israel will target Hamas and Islamic Jihad terrorists wherever they will be in Gaza. So the Israel, uh, Israeli effort will be door-to-door in both Gaza and in Israel, where terrorists are hiding. Israeli Defense Force spokesman Colonel Jonathan Korikas on ABC says Hamas attacks have not ended. There are still attacks by Hamas terrorists that are trying to approach the fence, trying to get into Israel, trying to swim or to use boats and beach into Israel. The U.S. is moving a six-vessel aircraft carrier strike group into the eastern Mediterranean. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says Iran is definitely a huge support for Hamas. Hamas wouldn't be Hamas without the support that it's gotten over many years from Iran. We haven't yet seen direct evidence that Iran was behind this particular attack or involved, but 
the, the support over many years is clear. Blinken on ABC is heard here on Bloomberg. Now, this attack came as Israel focused on forging ties with Saudi Arabia to create what it called a new Middle East of free trade and high-tech innovation. During the process, which includes the U.S., it sought to keep Palestinian influence to a minimum. And, of course, that is seen as a threat to any Iranian influence in the region. And the Wall Street Journal is now reporting that Iranian security officials helped plan the attack over several weeks and gave the green light itself for the assault in the meeting in Beirut last Monday. It quotes members of Hamas and Hezbollah, both backed by Iran. Now, the attack on Israel is adding more impetus to get new House Speaker elected and in place. Republican Ken Buck in the U.S., one of those who voted to replace Kevin McCarthy, says it needs to be done very quickly. What I'm looking for is that we make a decision uh, inside conference that we have 218 votes so we don't go to the floor and have another 15-round session of votes. And he says it definitely will not be a Speaker Trump. The desperate effort to find survivors of the deadly quakes in Afghanistan, people digging through rubble with their bare hands and shovels. Quakes killed at least 2,000 people. Entire villages flattened. People trapped under collapsed houses. Officials estimate hundreds are still trapped and the quake was a magnitude 6.3 and densely populated area uh, near Herat followed by strong aftershocks. Global News powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter. This is Bloomberg. Brian? Ed, thanks very much. We're also seeing now that the combined death toll uh, from the Hamas attack on uh, Saturday is now up to about 1,100. As Ed mentioned, 700 Israelis dead. And for Palestinians now, it has risen above 400. Global financial markets are now facing a new dose of geopolitical uncertainty following the attack. Investors are eyeing the reaction on the oil price as a guidepost. As Doug mentioned, we've seen some gains this morning. WTI now up about 2.7%. Right around $85 a barrel. And investors will be uh, will be checking out movements in the currencies as well. The dollar has strengthened and the yen has strengthened. The fallout in markets will likely be determined by whether or not the conflict spreads to the rest of the region. Iran is both a major oil producer and also a major supporter of Hamas. Doug? Well, on uh, the macro side, markets will be on high alert for more signs of inflation here in the U.S. during the coming week. We have more from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. We will be getting a report on producer prices for September on Wednesday, and then the government's consumer price index report Thursday. Core CPI, excluding food and fuel, is seen as increasing three-tenths of a percent last month compared to August. Annually, though, we might see core CPI drop, but that's likely because it's being compared to last September when inflation was red hot. Meantime, Fed Governor Michelle Bowman indicated over the weekend the Fed would need to raise interest rates further and possibly keep them there for longer. And she warned that high energy prices could undo some of the progress the Fed's inflation fighters have made. Denise Pellegrini Bloomberg Radio. Now, markets will be also eyeing a number of earnings reports from some of the key banks. This will happen on Friday when we'll hear from J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup. Brian? Meantime, the ever-interesting jobs report. The U.S. Labor Department said 336,000 new jobs were added in September. The unemployment rate held steady at 3.8 percent. Wages picked up at only a very modest pace. Reaction here from Mohammed El Arian, chief economic advisor at Allianz. This is good news for the economy right now. The fact that we can deliver over 400,000 jobs, if you include revisions, without earnings pressure is good news. 
It is, secondly, bad news for markets and for, for the Fed. The Fed is not going to welcome this report. It puts back on the table a hike for the 1st of November. That's Mohammed El Arian of Allianz. El Arian said that Friday's job numbers were also consistent with his call for a possible recession. And we'll have to get more on that a bit later. Well, in China, tourism revenue from the Golden Week holiday edged just slightly above its pre-COVID level. We have more from Bloomberg's Baniao in Hong Kong. Domestic tourism increased 1.5% from a comparative level in 2019, but there was a huge surge compared to 2022 figures, a year when China battled a COVID lockdown. Travelling went up by 71% this year, and spending jumped nearly 130%. Meanwhile, in Macau, Chinese tourists flooded in. Analysts predict gaming revenue in October could return to 72% of pre-pandemic levels. Economists say the data shows the Chinese economy is improving at a modest pace, but people are still cautious about spending. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Ao, Bloomberg Radio. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says that the United States seeks competition and not conflict with China. Schumer made the comments over the weekend as a bipartisan delegation of U.S. senators arrived in China. The senators met the Shanghai Communist Party Secretary Chen Ziming after landing on Saturday afternoon. They will visit U.S. companies in Shanghai before heading on to Beijing. The delegation is still hoping to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping, although there has been no confirmation of of that. We reported earlier that the delegation would also raise issues including human rights and the investment climate for U.S. businesses in China. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat, and uh, we take a closer look now at this big story from the weekend, Israel declaring war on Hamas, the death toll rising now to 1,100. Joining us is Ariel Cohen, senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. So there are a lot of implications from this. Uh, the overall uh, peace uh, move by by the U.S., Saudi Arabia, Israel, and others uh, seems to be on hold as a result of this. And also um, a lot of questions being asked about why Israeli intelligence didn't know about this before it happened. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, to me, uh, the disaster um, uh, developed on at least uh, two levels. One is intelligence. Uh, Israel has um, a serious intelligence uh, establishment, uh, but also on the military level, um, 
I know people who serve in the military and they know that there are a lot of technical means to look into the Gaza Strip. And if people or cars, trucks, um, bulldozers approach the fence, uh, troops are alerted. It didn't happen this time. Uh, the fact that a territory comparable with the size of the Gaza Strip was captured, including uh, villages, uh, parts of town, uh, kibbutzim, uh, the collective uh, settlements, uh, and uh, houses were burned to the ground, old people were murdered, uh, fathers and mothers killed in front of their children. This is the level of barbarity and casualties that Israel has not known since its establishment back in 1948. So the investigation, uh, the committee of inquiry like they had in 1973 called the uh, Agranat Committee uh, of the Supreme Court Justice uh, to look into uh, this policy uh, and operational debacle will be necessary. Do you see Iran's hand in this? Oh, absolutely. Uh, We have multiple confirmations that IRGC, uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the foreign um, militarized intelligence branch uh, of the uh, Islamist theocracy uh, and dictatorship in in Tehran, was coordinating this for weeks. Again, the question is why Israelis didn't know that. Uh, But also, not just Iran, uh, there are two other big enablers of uh, Qatar, uh, of uh, Hamas uh, in the Middle East. Qatar is one, uh, an ally of the United States, and the other one is a NATO member, Turkey. Um, Hamas leaders operate out of Turkey, coordinating operations and whatnot, and Israel protested many times to President Erdogan, and nothing happened. Ariel, tell me something, you know, um, uh, and Hezbollah is playing a role here, which would perhaps even cement uh, the connection with Tehran. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Hezbollah opened fire uh, already at the Sheba farm uh, uh, area, um, which is sort of where the Lebanese, Israeli and Syrian borders meet. It's next to the Golan Heights. Um, And this rocket fire may escalate. If Hezbollah opens another front, uh, Israeli situation will be much worse than it is already. Uh, another strategic threat is what's going on in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. Uh, Hamas has massive presence there. And that presence actually was suppressed by both Israelis and the Palestinian Authority police force. So now this is a time for Hamas uh, to open another front uh, against Israel and for Hezbollah uh, under the Iranian guidance uh, to open a front uh, in Lebanon. So. The situation might escalate. I hope it won't. Israel suffers Ariel. already a lot. Uh, but uh, it is a very dire situation indeed. Ariel, looking longer term, does it also perhaps mean that something serious has to be done in, ter- in terms of uh, solving the Palestine question, as it were? The question is who would be the uh, organizations and people who would represent uh, the Palestinians? Um the head of the Palestinian Authority, uh, Mohammed, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, uh, Abu Mazen, is 87 years old and uh, sickly. Uh, there is a power struggle to succeed him. 
uh, with a number of people uh, whose uh, background is terrorism. Hamas controls Gaza for now, although a lot of Gazans don't like uh, the Islamist regime uh, that Hamas imposed. So who and how is going to represent the Palestinians is an open question. And the track record is dire because Mm. Israel and Palestinians had numerous opportunities to come to um, an agreement. Israel offered 100% of Gaza. It uh, left Gaza in 2005. uh, And uh, I think up to 93% of the West Bank. And that offer was rejected. So if things change, yes, if things change, we may have uh, a good opportunity, but not right now. In terms of what's happening on the ground at the moment, uh, if Israel actually pushes into Gaza, it becomes very difficult because it's so densely populated and you have Hamas mixed in with the general public. How difficult will it be for that kind of operation to be conducted? It's extremely difficult, and the um, body count, unfortunately, on both sides is going to be high. Uh, Hamas built a network of underground tunnels and uh, locates its uh, firing positions, its rocket launching positions, inside schools, inside hospitals, inside apartment buildings. And while the Israelis give a warning, for example, before they attack an apartment building, and Netanyahu already said uh, to the civilians, please leave Gaza, the situation is going to be extremely difficult because anybody with any military background knows that uh, fighting inside the cities is one of the most bloody and difficult types of fighting the race. And just to follow up on the broader picture here, with the U.S. Uh, send, sending uh, more sort of uh, personnel into the region, uh, how might that complicate uh, the next week or two? The question is, why are we doing that? Um, I think that um, the presence of the carrier battle group, the main instrument of the U.S. power projection in Eastern Mediterranean is a signal to Iran. Do not open uh, the second front against Israel uh, from Lebanon and uh, try to uh, restrain Iran. Dr. Cohen, thank you so much for joining us. Ariel Cohen, Senior Fellow at the Atlantic Council. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa. Play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you? and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more. 
so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.